Hello and welcome. You are listening to Gore and Guilty Podcast. I'm Greg. And I'm Georgia. And this week we're talking about a death that occurred under mysterious circumstances. And it's a case that I haven't heard a lot about. So Georgia, do you want to give us a little preview about what we can expect today? Yeah, sure. So today we're going to be transported to old Hollywood. In this episode, we will be talking about the suspicious death of Thelma Todd, who died at 29 years old. So I'm quite intrigued to see what your opinions might be on this, Greg, whether you think that it was murder or whether it was suicide or an accident. So yeah, I'll be interested to see. Intriguing. And what counts as old Hollywood? Well, we're going back to 1935. So her death was in 1935. Um, She was born in 1906. So that kind of glamorous parties, there's mobsters, there's, yeah, all of that. I don't know. I kind of associate all of that with like old Hollywood. (laughs) For some reason, it made me think of Bugsy Malone. You know, that old Hollywood mobster movie where they shoot each other with custard pies (laughs) well maybe minus the custard pies and (laughs) it's probably very accurate (laughs) yeah that sounds cool awesome yeah i'm excited to hear more about this episode because even though i really recognize the name i can't recall any details from this case so i'm looking forward to walking through it it's it's a really interesting one because i when i was researching it at first i was swaying right to one side and then by the end of it I was like no it's got to be the other side so hopefully you might be able to provide some clarity on yeah (laughs) on what you think are you going to be talking us through various possibilities and some Mm -hmm. theories theories suspects yeah theories and suspects nice cool before we get into all the gore and guiltiness though how are you doing how's your week been good yeah I um want to apologize for not releasing an episode this week or last week yeah. i had an exam and loads of coursework so it's completely my fault but we'll make it up to you in this episode um but yeah i've been good other than busy i've got some geography friends from university visiting this weekend which i haven't seen them in about three years so i'm super excited for them to visit um, oh. it should be really fun that's exciting yeah. and what have you guys got planned we're going for a really nice walk on Saturday with a pub lunch and then hitting the town afterwards nice. <laughs> and probably get very drunk. <laughs> and I guess most importantly, how did the exam go? You've left everyone Ooh. in suspense. <laughs> it went okay. It went okay. Open book exam and I prepared only, I, I prepared two questions and sure enough, two out of the five questions, they they came up so super lucky with that luck was definitely on my side so kind of had a little head start um but yeah hopefully they're okay i'm not sure what he's like at marking but <laughs> we'll see <laughs> but yeah keep my fingers crossed Good. for you thank you we're nearly there with my masters nearly there <laughs> <laughs> how's how's your week been my week's been good i went to a, a party on the weekend and then I went back to Gloucester for Mother's Day, so I had some a delicious Sunday Ooh, nice. roast, I guess. Maybe slightly unconventional. Oh yeah. Roast. I don't know. What, what do we class as a roast? Just roasting the meat. Roasting the meat with some gravy and spuds. Oh, Yorkshire yeah. pud. Then I I did have a roast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How do you not? <laughs> How 
do you not know what classifies as a roast dinner, Greg? Like, <laughs> I don't know what the parameters are. Are you really British? Like, <laughs> do you have to roast everything? <laughs> really did have pretty much all the things you mentioned as well, like Yorkshire puddings, roast beef and lamb, and yeah, yeah, it was yummy. It was very tasty. Sounds very good. Um, so yeah, life's been good. Very busy. So uh, I think you're doing yourself a disservice for saying it was all your fault that we missed the last episode. I actually. Uh, didn't have the time really anyway so yeah it will get easier but these things happen yeah it will I'm sure it will we'll have our schedule clear ready for just going girl see but at the meantime it's pretty pretty busy <laughs> absolutely yeah yeah life's just very busy right now with with work so hopefully we I get some more quiet points because uh, most of the things you see on social media at the moment are Georgia <laughs> I have been pretty Poor co-host well, getting things out. I haven't been particularly good either. I will get better. Now that exams are out the way, I'll I'll give you my undying attention. <laughs> April will be our month. April's yeah, our month. for sure. We've got this. But cool. All apologies aside, <laughs> and I guess wishing every UK mother a belated Happy Mother's yes, Day. Yes, of course. Should we jump into things? Let's do it. Let's go to old Hollywood. Old Hollywood. Thelma Todd was born on the 29th of July, 1906. Thelma had a difficult childhood. Her father didn't really pay the family much attention and was abusive to Thelma and her mother. Her father then decided to leave the family and at this point Thelma's mother brought in quite a few different men all unfortunately having a similar trait of being alcoholics and abusers. So life at home wasn't quite, wasn't great. Sounds rocky. So she was neglected and then her father left her. Yeah, and there was a lot of physical abuse going on that she was witness to and had put upon herself. She wished to be a teacher and she was training to be this. She went to education and at one point her mother went, actually, I kind of want to live my dreams through my daughter. Mm and wanted her to be a star. She pushed the dream onto Thelma and made her attend beauty pageants. Thelma agreed, and it turned out that she was pretty good at this. So she set her dreams of being a teacher to one side. She won Miss Massachusetts in 1925, and then she went on to perform in for Miss America, although she didn't win this one. But at this beauty pageant, she was scouted. Thelma was noticed and signed to a contract for an acting school for Paramount in Hollywood. So it was a really prestigious school and she was accepted. Her mother was extremely pleased with this. So it sounds like her mother was pretty much living vicariously through Thelma. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's pretty sad as well i mean thelma wanted to be a teacher she was you know she, she was nearly all the way there and then her mum went no i want you to do this i want to be a star i want to be a stage mum <laughs> <laughs> yeah if you hear about it so much even in the american college scandal that i read about it was mostly rich parents that never went to glamorous 
or prestigious colleges just trying to force their kids to go there even though they weren't that interested. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Her mum was really pleased with her getting into this school, but there was one condition. The scout said that Thelma needed to lose weight. Bit gross. I'm sure, yeah. And if you... She's stunning. There's, like, there's no... There's no need for this. But this is what it was like back then with Hollywood. It was sort of, they had the rights to model you in all sorts of ways and restrict you. It, it was kind of the times, but it's so, so wrong. Well, you hear about it now as well, though. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's just, back then when they went to LA, they met up with other stakeholders within this realm and they agreed that she did need to lose weight. She didn't, but... They said that there's an easy fix for this. In her contract will fit this clause that if she gains more than five pounds, she will be fired. So that puts fear in her. So she, and by the way, this this clause was called the potato clause, which I don't know why it's called that, but the clause of if you if you gain more than five pounds, you will be fired from the job. It's called the potato clause. <laughs> Seems highly unethical. Her mother decided to help with this, and straight away she went to go and pick up a prescription for some diet pills. Now at the time, these diet pills were usually amphetamines, which unfortunately got Thelma hooked. Thelma was a silent movie star. She starred in 120 films and shorts in her nine-year career. Oh wow, she was super famous then like super famous like she like rose to stardom very very quickly wow she was like super talented she gained the nickname hot toddy and the ice cream blonde she was seen in slapstick movies with comedy stars laurel and hardy wheeler and walsley and the marx brothers she appeared in comedy movies such as marx's brothers monkey business and horse feathers Thelma then became a part of a duo. So Thelma and an actress called Zazu Pitt were this comedy duo. And then later on, Zazu was replaced or switched with someone called Patsy Kelly. But all of these three women were always casted as strong, level-headed leads. And then they would always have like a ditzy sidekick um, to accompany them. But they were always like the leading ladies. And which one was Thelma? She was the leading lady. So all of them. So Thelma, Zazu and Patsy. When any of these women were cast in movies, they would always be leading the leading roles. They were like top of their game. Okay, super famous basically. Yeah, yeah. She was married briefly to Pat DeChico, who was from New York and moved to LA in hope to pursue an acting role or to become an agent. He was said to have some questionable connections It was rumoured that he had ties to the Mafia. He would perform illegal deals. Their relationship just wasn't good from the start. He drank heavily. And this is where Thelma started to drink heavily too. He was violent towards Thelma. He would physically hurt her. And there was this one time where he hit her so badly that she was rushed to hospital because she had damaged her appendix. Which just... awful. Their marriage lasted about two years. But he seemed to hang around Thelma throughout Thelma's life. He kind of sort of was just there. He just wouldn't leave her. Like a stalker or something? Yeah, it just kind of was, if she went to a party, 
he would be there or he would say to people that and he said to Thelma as well that one day we'll work things out we'll get back together sort of thing like he he always sort of thought that it was going to happen and Thelma was very much like no okay after they broke up Thelma was like I'm not going to drink like she from this point she slowed her drinking right down she had an acting role in a movie with a well-known director Roland West he convinced her to change her name from Thelma Todd to Alison Lloyd. Why? It's rubbish, right? <laughs> because this was her first like serious drama film rather than the comedy and he thought it probably would suit her better to change her name to Alison Lloyd. But she didn't agree. She, From this point onwards, she kept her Thelma Todd name and she didn't use it in any movies. Cool, I'm glad. Yeah, I think that's just so Yeah, weird. that is a weird request. Yeah, that... Thelma Todd's a great name. <laughs> mm, yeah, absolutely. So during this movie, Roland and Thelma enjoyed each other's company and they hit it off. They began dating. But the only issue was that he was married to Jewel Carmen. Oh. Mm, scandal. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't supported by her friends. He was quite a lot older than her. He also had a wife. Um, however... She, unfortunately, wasn't good at choosing partners. And and Roland was reportedly a kind of a violent man, someone to be a little bit scary or wary. And I saw some sources suggested that maybe she was choosing an older man because her father left her at quite a young age, that she was trying to look for that like authority kind of father figure in her life. Yeah, sounds like there were a lot of red flags for Roland that got ignored. Yeah. Thelma could do it all. She was a businesswoman as well. When she was dating Roland, and obviously Jewel, she knew about their relationship, and she sort of like turned the blind eye, she just let them have this affair. But she must have been somewhat comfortable with it, because they all shared, the three of them all shared ownership of a restaurant called the Sidewalk Cafe. Wait, that's so weird. I can't even believe that his wife knew anyway and they were all in business together as well yeah yeah exactly and jewel was like a former actress herself so she was quite well known and yeah they all just kind of shared this ownership of this restaurant how bizarre Mm. so above the restaurant there was an apartment where thelma lived and then just down the road was the mansion where Roland and his wife, Jewel, would live. So, but Roland would spend a lot of his time in Thelma's apartment and staying over and stuff. And I, I've actually sent you a picture of that kind of area of how far away the mansion is compared to where the apartment and the restaurant is. And the distance is pretty small, it is, but it's all in the same pr- proximity. Yeah, I'm just looking at it now. Where on this image is the mansion? So so I guess for people listening, it's kind of a sketched out drawing of the cafe. and. Yeah, we'll post it on our Instagram. So in the top right corner is Roland West's home. Ah, I see it now. Yep, yep, I was being blind. You've got the garage underneath there. And then you've got Thalma's apartment 
and Thalma Todd's Cafe, which is the sidewalk cafe. Okay. So it's it's all in within walking distance. Yeah, it looks like a no more than a couple of kilometers, I guess, from the cafe yeah. to Roland West's home. So, as I said, it appeared that Jewel didn't really mind the affair that her husband was having with Thelma, but Roland wasn't quite as open when it came to Thelma meeting other men. He would present very, very jealously towards her. Like, he just was he didn't like it. He didn't like her mixing with other men, even though he has a wife. So, kind of, I don't know. <laughs> Hypocritical, for sure. Yeah. On Saturday, the 14th of December, 1935, at 8pm, Thelma attended a lavish dinner party where she spent the time mixing with rich and famous at a well-known restaurant in Hollywood. The party was hosted by entertainer Stanley Lupino and his daughter Ida. Stanley was very well-known. And this party was thrown in Thelma's honour after they had just finished a movie together mm-hmm. in this evening Thelma was very sociable she had many friends and associates that were there before she left for the party Roland told her that he was locking the door at 2am and if she re- arrives after this she is not getting in wow which is strange it's quite controlling right I don't very controlling setting curfews yeah and apparently this wasn't an unusual thing for Roland to do. So at this party, she was dressed in this mauve silver gown, which was covered with a big mink-wrapped coat. She was covered in expensive jewellery, which was around $20,000, and that equates to 400000 in today's price. Like, she was expensive. Sources said that she wasn't particularly drunk, and that she only had a couple drinks that night. During this party, Thelma was playful, and she made a bet with her friends, and said, I quote, I bet you a dinner that you won't be able to come to my place tomorrow, and laughed. Her friends agreed and said, yeah, you're on, basically saying that they would all be too hungover to be able to meet for lunch the next day. Unfortunately, though, her friends arrived the next day to Thelma's house, only to be told that she was not there, so they, they had dinner anyway. They did not realise at this time that the reason why Thelma wasn't there to attend the dinner was because she was dead. And she was resting only 400 feet away from them. Oh my god. I know. Witnesses said at this party that they saw Pat. Remember the weird ex-husband? The guy that kind of stalked her and just turned up everywhere that she was. Yeah, and was, like, physically abusive to her, made her drink alcohol, and Hmm. all round not great. And had mob ties as well. At this party, they saw Pat there. Pat spent the night trying to wind Thelma up by bringing a date and chatting to all the up-and-coming actresses. Some said that they had a brief argument this night. Probably because he was trying to wind her up, but maybe she did confront him and apparently there's some sort of brief altercation. At 1.50am, Thelma asked the theatre manager to call Roland and say that she was going to head back to her apartment soon. Basically saying, please don't lock me out. Ah, okay, so that was her way of basically trying to make sure that she could get back in. Yeah, otherwise he'll lock her out. She's got, yeah. 
Although she didn't leave the party until around 3am. At this point, probably the door's locked. Oh dear. Her chauffeur, Ernest O'Peters, picked her up and they headed home. Ernest said that she was actually quieter than usual in the car. She told him to drive as fast as he can because she was worried about the mobsters in the area, which was quite an odd thing for her to say. Hmm, I guess so. Ernest offered to walk her to the door, like he always does. He always walks her to the door. But this time Thelma declined his offer and said, no, it's fine, I'll get there myself, don't worry. And this was the last time anybody saw Thelma alive. Weird that she mentioned the mobsters because Pat was there as well. Mm-hmm. Mm. And he had mob ties. On the morning of Monday, bearing in mind the party was on Saturday, so this is yeah. a day and a half later, the 16th of December, Thelma Todd was found dead in her chocolate 1934 Lincoln Phaeton convertible car which was parked in Roland's garage. She was found dead in the car? Yes. Oh, so she hadn't even got out? or. So she was found in her car, sorry. So the chauffeur had dropped, okay. dropped her off in his car. She had walked up to her apartment, and then it's assumed that she found it unlocked. So she mm. then walked, and you can see on the map as well, she would have had to have walked or get there somehow to the garage, which is near the mansion, where her car was parked. And the car was apparently left running and the garage doors were closed. Oh, I feel so spooky. Right? Her, so her death was... She died of carbon monoxide poisoning. Ah. But there's many theories. Had gone into the garage, sat into the driver's seat, turned the ignition on, with the doors closed, and then she died of, yeah, carbon monoxide poisoning. But that's not all. There's a lot of theories surrounding this. I was going to say, before we go into the theories, could it is it not just that she passed out from the drink and just accidentally killed herself? So there's, there is this. So there's the potential that she was cold, she went and sat in the car where it's nice and warm, she's been locked out, and she's turned the car on to keep herself warm and fell asleep and accidentally has killed herself. But there's also the thing of, well, if she's got a car, I know that you're not allowed to drink and drive, but she could have gone somewhere, like to a hotel, a friend's house, maybe. Not that I'm condoling drink and driving, but do you know what I mean? Like, Well, it was the th- 1930s Hollywood, I'm assuming drink driving wasn't really a thing back then. Exactly. That's 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 what I mean. So why didn't she just go? But even still, would you do that? It's really cold. Would you? And she's expensive. <laughs> yeah, but if you're warm in your car? It might not be that comfortable. I don't know. Maybe not. Also, back then, would hotels have been open at like two in the morning? Yeah. I mean, it's like, yeah, three, three, four in the morning. So yeah, maybe not. But her friend's house that maybe. Or I don't know. Or... It was also said that possibly there was apparently a like a guard that used to walk around the whole of the property, but it would take him a long time to walk around. So some would say that she was waiting for him to walk past, but she'd fallen asleep to then kind of say, oh, hi, can you let me in, please? I've been locked out by my partner, I guess. <laughs> Lover. 
Lover, that's the one. <laughs> yeah, no, it's very strange, but I'm guessing she just wasn't aware that carbon monoxide poisoning could kill her. Maybe, yeah. You know, I don't know whether it was intended, so... What What are the other theories? So the, the main one was her getting warm, but... Thelma's maid, May Whitehouse, used the garage to store her car and her vehicle. She always did. And actually, everybody at this property stored their vehicles in this garage. There was an unwritten rule, though, about parking cars in the garage, that everyone must keep their keys in the ignition, and the garage should remain unlocked. So all the keys are in the ignition, and all the garage is unlocked. So safety, I don't know why. Well, seems like you're asking for trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here's my car. Please take it. Yeah. <laughs> Keys in the ignition. <laughs> On Monday morning, May arrived into the garage and was going to... She basically takes Thelma's vehicle down to the cafe and then she can, like... Then Thelma can use it there. So she kind of assists Thelma in her day-to-day. But this morning... May opened the passenger door of Thelma's car and saw Thelma slumped over the steering wheel with her face tilted to the left. May at first thought that she was sleeping, but very quickly realised that this wasn't the case. She had noticed a small pool of blood under Thelma's nose, and there were some bloodstains from this on her dress. It was said that Thelma had died from carbon monoxide poisoning from running the vehicle. May notified the manager at the cafe, Rudy Schaefer. Rudy called a physician and police who attended the scene. No one had found her for a a day and a half. She was still dressed in her party attire and all of her jewellery was still there. Her purse was there also. Police... Reporters, doctors, passers-by all came into the crime scene to see Thelma. There was no, like, anybody could come and have a little look and walk around. Roland admitted that he did lock her out that night and was left feeling guilty. It was assumed that she had attempted to wake Roland and Jewel up, but with no luck. Roland told the police that during the night he was woken to the sound of his bulldog barking, but didn't pay much attention to it and went back to sleep. Well, this guy's pretty cruel. This guy's pretty cold. Like, he fully knew she was going to be locked out, and his bulldog wakes up, and that's not him. His response isn't like, oh, she's back, I'll go and let her in. No, it's like, well, you lay, you know, there's your bed lying, it sort of thing. I told you to be back at this time, you're not, so... Yeah. Sort of punishing her. Yeah, I mean, he's either indirectly or directly caused her death. Mm, exactly. So what is unusual about the car is that the keys were in the ignition, it was turned on, but there's two and a half gallons of fuel left in the vehicle. And the battery was discharged. So... There are sources saying that the car would cut out when there's not enough oxygen in the room for it to keep the momentum going. Hmm. I don't know much about cars, but apparently that's how it worked. So although yeah, although the keys were still turned, the engine had stopped. 
so that might explain why there was so much fuel in the vehicle. But the battery had been discharged, which seems sort of odd. Like, it, basically, there's a few things about the vehicle that just didn't quite make sense for the, like, the period of time that it was left on. Maybe some listeners might understand that better than I do, but apparently it's suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing the two and a half gallons of fuel being left was because the like that's an interesting point because the gas tanks were so small back then. Because otherwise, that's not that much left. Like that's yeah, it's not that much left for a day and a half. Like. It, Apparently, some reports said that the engine had cut off when the oxygen levels had depleted, so that might have stored the fuel. But then there's others that were like, "No, it was left on. It, it like the fuel should have gone." So was it that the engine had been turned on for a shorter period of time, like for them to find it on Monday? If that makes sense, like it just seems strange. But yeah, it might not be. The autopsy came back a few days later, and it revealed that Thelma actually suffered some serious injuries. She had two cracked ribs, a broken nose, which is where the blood was coming from, and bruising around her throat. The report said that she'd been dead at least 12 hours, but I feel like that's quite broad. She'd been left there for quite a long time. Yeah. What was also quite odd was that they found peas and carrots in her stomach content, but this wasn't on the menu at the party. But I don't know. It's spooky. Couldn't she just have that for lunch? I don't know if it would have lasted that amount of time. I don't know. Like her last thing that she ate was that sort of thing. Maybe she had like a snack in her bag or something. Well, peas and tin <laughs> <laughs> Whenever you get a bit hungry. Oh. Yeah. Peas and carrots. Without a can of uh, tin peas and carrots. Um, <laughs> no, I was going to say, I guess the most intriguing thing is the broken ribs and the broken nose. Right. I don't know anything about carbon monoxide poisoning, but I'm assuming it can't cause either of those things. So, mm, how she got them. Exactly, right. So, she officially died from the carbon monoxide poisoning, but those injuries are quite substantial, and I don't know about you, but they sort of point towards murder. Was the garage locked? It wasn't unlocked. No, that was one of the rules, that they don't lock the... But it wasn't found locked, no. It wasn't that someone locked her in there, then? No. So oh, it could, yeah. no, I don't could have so. been that, that this has like impacted her ability to... Make a good judgment mm. because if someone's attacked her and then she's yeah. worried about mobsters in the area and she's got home and she's a bit flustered and she's been locked out. So she goes and sits in the car and she's not thinking about carbon monoxide poisoning because her mind is going a million miles an hour. She's hers then, in yeah, pain and the car's her car. It's somewhere that's comfortable, safe to her maybe and she's yeah. decided to go in it. Yeah, yeah exactly. She did say Very to possible. her, she did say to Ernest that go as quickly as you can. I'm scared about mobsters. So now we're going to move on to some of the suspects. 
So the first one is the ex-husband, Pat. He was very possessive over Thelma, and around this time of her death, he had told some friends and family that he and Thelma are going to go make it work, which wasn't true. So he sort of, there was a lot of hope there for their relationship, and it definitely wasn't reciprocated on Thelma's end. And he was seen by some having a brief argument with her that night. So that's suspect number one. The second suspect is Roland, her lover. (laughs) They had been arguing quite often around this time. It wasn't quite going as smoothly as they had hoped. Some say that maybe Roland or Jewel may perhaps have killed Thelma. Jewel could have been jealous about the situation or Roland to try and, you know, stop this situation from going on. It was also reported that the Sidewalk Cafe was not doing well anymore. And one of the reasons for this was that a mobster, Lucky Luciano, was forcing them to only buy alcohol from this one specific place, which was very expensive. And this was kind of meaning that they weren't making enough profit anymore. The cafe just wasn't doing very well. And the final thing that might make Roland a suspect is that on his deathbed, he admitted knowing more about the murder of Thelma than what he first told. So it's not him saying, I did it, but he's saying, I know I know more information about what happened to Thelma than he let on at first. Well, that points more towards his wife than him himself, I suppose. Or maybe it just points to him wanting to immortalise himself within this case. Yeah. But it why, is weird. You can't say that and then die. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's a whole secret. Like, Left it on the cliff, tell us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Either shit will get off the pot. Yeah, that's, it's so weird though, because why would someone kill someone with carbon monoxide poisoning? Mm. It's quite lavish, isn't it? It's quite... Yeah, it yeah. just feels too... Maybe maybe it was a murder gone wrong, or not a murder, sorry, but uh, something else that accidentally turned into murder. Or a cover-up? Cover-up, possibly, I guess, but then she'd have to be breathing to get the carbon monoxide into her blood. True. That is true. So, there was another situation that happened three months before Thelma's death. Two men were arrested in New York after making death threats via phone calls and letters to Thelma demanding that she pays $10,000 or she will be killed, which is quite fitting. However, both of these men were in jail at the time of Thelma's death. But there were some lines within these letters that were suspiciously related to mobsters, like the language that was used, the threatening words, like it all kind of seemed like a bigger being, if that makes sense. Like, we'll set the boys on you. And it's that kind of like language, which is quite interesting. The final suspect, maybe the most interesting, is Charles Lucky Luciano. Thelma was involved with Lucky for a short time. They were dating. And he was a big 
mobster. I was going to say, I thought you said he was he in was the a... mob. Yeah, he was in the mob. The others all had ties to the mob and communications with the mob, but he was the mob. <laughs> and then he wasn't, wasn't he the one making her buy really expensive alcohol? Yeah, at the cafe and making Roland also pay. So, like, he's very much within these people, involved with these people. Not very romantic, is it? Mm. Yeah, so she dated him just after Pat, after she divorced Pat. She dated him for a short period of time and then she started seeing Roland. So it was like, they're all individual, but yeah. She's hopping from one to the other. Interesting. But yeah, make, make, I, maybe it's a very small world, but they all seem to be kind of linked. All part of the same group. So during during this short period of dating, Lucky would allegedly beat Velma up. He was not a good guy. He would force her to take amphetamines. And I actually read somewhere that because at this time she wasn't drinking so much after she had her divorce with Pat and she said, I'm just not going to drink that way anymore. He would force her to drink alcohol to the point where he got a champagne bottle, opened the cork, shoved it down Thelma's throat and made her drink alcohol. Bloody hell. Which is pretty, pretty extreme and awful. Mm. He demanded that she opened a casino at the sidewalk cafe. There was this empty space at the top of the building. And he said that he wanted to run a like a kind of dodgy gambling situation with his not mobster friends. And she said, that is not going to happen. And she literally said, quote, over my dead body. And he responded, that can be arranged. Mm-hmm. Which... That seems like a silly thing to kill someone over, but then I guess it is the mob. Are there any... Did you say that was the last suspect? That's the last suspect. Um, But I've got a little bit more, and then we can discuss what what we think. Sure, sounds good. It it was suggested that a formal investigation into her death should be undertaken. A grand jury probe was held to understand if Thalma was murdered or not. After four weeks of testimony, the inquiry concluded that there was no evidence of foul play. Thelma's death was ruled suicide. Some say that she was never happy with the fact that she became an actress because she wanted to be a teacher. Although her friends at the party that previous night suggested that she was in great spirits and there was nothing that could indicate that she had these intentions. Although it is very difficult sometimes to detect when someone's going to do this. So you can't just rely on that. But many did say that there was no apparent reason for her to want to take her life as she had over a hundred Christmas presents wrapped and addressed ready to be mailed at her apartment and also she'd been working on a new motion picture and that Friday night she spoke to Stanley Lupino about this which she was super excited to show him and get involved with. So she had all this promise laid out in her life at this point. What is really interesting though is the crime scene, as we know back then, aren't as squeaky clean as they are now. And everyone was walking in and out to see Thelma, so any evidence that was there was destroyed. But the police force sped through this whole case and evidence and ruled it suicide. 
and they also are extremely corrupt and have mob ties. Mm. So Mob is heavily ingrained. In every single person. In 1989, a book was released titled Hot Toddy, a true story of Hollywood's most sensational murder, nodding to the fact that they believe it was not suicide, but in fact murder. Adam Edmonds wrote the book and suggested that Thelma was killed by a hitman arranged by Lucky Lucino, which was based on an anonymous source. Lucky Luciano? So, yeah, Lucky Luciano, (laughs) which was based on an anonymous source. So that is the suspicious death of Thelma. What do you think? Was it murder? Was it suicide? Was it accident? Who was involved? Well, firstly, great description, because now I really want to like Google and see what all these people look like. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I'm going to be a party pooper, so I feel like you should go first. <laughs> no, 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 no. So, so I... Sorry, my chair's really squeaky. Uh, so throughout this, I was like, oh, what if... What if this whole thing is just an accident? Like, she accidentally killed herself. Yeah. But then I was like, but she was worried about the mob. She was being weird to Ernest, the chauffeur. She's got a lot of dangerous men in her life. There's a lot of... I just feel like that lucky Luciano is sort of a bit... He's an evil man. And... She wasn't. He wasn't getting her way with her. She said, "Over oh, my dead body," and he was like, "Yeah, that can be arranged." I don't think he necessarily did it himself, but I think maybe there was some sort of something going on there. But I don't know. I mean, it happened what nearly a hundred years ago, and yet still people are like, "I don't know." <laughs> what do you think? My theory is that it would just be a really weird way to kill someone. Because mm. they have to be uh, with carbon monoxide. It must take a while, right? Especially if they're in a reasonably sized garage. But there was—I was just thinking—she had bruising all around her neck, and there, like there was some bruising, like inside her neck as well, was pretty um, damaged, which was really strange. Like inside her neck, and her outside of her neck was really bruised. Like, could she have passed out from? someone strangling her and punching her and then plonked her in the car, turned the car on and left and just hoped that she wouldn't wake up in time before carbon monoxide poisoning. It's pretty fast-fetched. I know. Possibly, yeah. I mean, it's possible, but is it not sounds a lot more far-fetched than she simply had a few drinks, had a run-in with an ex-flame that may or may not be in the mob and there's yeah. rattles her she's got home she's been locked out by her current boyfriend who's <laughs> yeah. being a dickhead and she's just without thinking about it gone and got in her car for 20 30 minutes fallen asleep and yeah. accidentally killed herself i know but the injuries what about the injuries well the injuries could have come from a range of places i suppose it could have been from the party itself if she's had a run-in with one of these people in her life that aren't so kind to her perhaps roland was a bit abusive violently as well and has heard her previously he was yeah they all that is it seems like all of the men were it is odd as well that she said to Ernest, 
no, don't walk me to my door tonight. Which was like the first time ever she'd said that. And like, we've got to go through quickly. Cause the well, that just kind of contradicts itself. Like, why something. would she be fearing the mob and then not want to get walked to the door? Unless she was planning on killing herself. Mm. It's so strange. I just don't know. And I want to know. And I feel like we'll never get closure on this one. That's the thing. It's one of those cases where you just probably will never get an 100% factual answer anymore. No. But what did Roland mean when he said, I knew more about that murder than I let on at the time? Again, it's kind of weird that he hasn't given any more context to that. Isn't that the whole point of confessing on your deathbed? You're not confessing, you have something to confess. You're meant to confess what the confession is. Yeah. He's definitely done nothing. I have a secret. Maybe he is just aware of some of the other ongoings that night. But yeah. Again, I just I keep thinking like this would be such a weird way to kill someone in the 1930s. But mob do like I don't know whether it's just me like like whenever we talk about mobsters, I definitely need to be we need to do a mob case I think because in my head I just keep referring back to movies where you know you're talking the Godfather with a horse head in your bed. So for me, there seems like mobsters might do the casual shooting but also do the far-fetched extreme crimes. But then that's my movie. Hollywood, it's Hollywood again. It's warped my mind. <laughs> yeah, I don't know for sure about all the mob hits and stuff like that. No. But fairly sure they're normally quite barbaric and will just hide the body rather than leave it in a garage. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Hard to say. Maybe it was just an accident. Yeah, like I said, I feel like a party pooper, but maybe it is really as simple as the most logical explanation. Maybe, maybe it just was that she was injured from something that night and then went there to shelter to get warm. And unfortunately, this happened. But it is one of those cases where it gets floated around and around and there's so many different theories and we just had to do it because. Yeah. Yeah, it was a great case. I'm glad you ran through it. It was a a very interesting one. Yeah, you brought it to life well. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I just quite like the whole Hollywood glam and all that lavish lifestyle. (laughs) Seems like such such a a world away from our lifestyle right here. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately. Yeah. But yeah. Well, that's it. That is the case of Thelma Todd. Awesome. Mysterious deaths. And we really should get lots of other people to write in and tell us if they think that this was really an open and shut accidental suicide or if this was actually something more sinister. So Yeah, I would maybe we'll put up some polls saying suspects and who they think. Absolutely. So I'd be interested to know. That's a good idea. Do you That's want good. to uh, run through the socials so people know where to find these polls? Yeah, sure. So you can send in your true crime story or paranormal story to our website, www.goonguiltypodcast.com. You can also make case suggestions there as well. I noticed I put up a case suggestion box today and we've got some amazing suggestions. So I'm definitely going to pick one of those for my next case, which I'm really excited to learn about. You can... So I did that on Instagram. So you can follow us on Instagram at Goring Guilty Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Goring Guilty. 
You can also send an email if you like at growingguiltypodcast at gmail.com. If you like this episode, please remember to leave a review, give us some stars, let us know what you think and any suggestions. And remember, we won't judge if... Gore is your guilty pleasure. Thank you for listening. Bye.